0: You know, I'm the man of the house, and I think my wife really appreciates that. I mean, I bring home the bacon, I do the checkbook, I pay the rent, we are in good shape, sort of. I mean, that is if you, if you don't count like, you know, eating out, my Amazon account, my Starbucks card, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, all right, all right, okay. Sometimes I worry about money, a lot. But hey, I, I do use coupons. All right, folks. Well, let's just come right out and actually confess this. Let's admit this, okay? Especially as we are headed towards that dreaded date, April 15th, right? Tax day, okay? It's probably safe to assume because of that that money is something that's a big deal for a lot of us. Well hey everyone, my name is Tom and I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, If if it's your first time today, I'm one of the pastors here at Liquid Church and we are in the final installment of a series called Exposed, Confessions of a Pastor. And you know what, with a name like that, I mean you just had to figure it out. Some of you probably already figured it out, right? There was going to be at least one week where one of us confessed something about the almighty dollar. Right. Well, truth is, here we go, I robbed God. Yeah. Now, before you start picking up your stones, okay, I see some of you out there, all right? Let me just say, I've never dipped my hand into the popcorn bucket, okay? So just relax. It's not like that. No. Instead, let me put it to you like this. For a good portion of my life, I've had a hard time sort of keeping financially Balanced okay, and, and what's worse is I didn't even know it. In, in fact, I actually thought that I was doing okay, you know, financially speaking, because I mean, you know, I never missed a payment, my credit cards, my credit score is pretty high, you know, things like that. I thought I was actually doing okay financially. I mean, I, I never could have imagined that I was underwater, I didn't feel like I was drowning, but financially. I really was sort of, you know, unbalanced. In fact, the truth is, for years, I was actually financially upside down. And I didn't even know it. And you know what I've learned? And this is coming, a lot of this is coming from Pastor Andy Stanley down at North Point Church. He gets all the credit for this. But I've actually learned that just like there are laws of physical balance... There are also laws of financial balance as well. And they're actually quite similar. Now, let, let me explain it this way. One principle you have to always keep in mind when you're trying to physically balance something is this, right? You need to make constant corrections. Every, everyone, everyone look at my hand, right? Constant corrections. You need to constantly modify and adjust and, and sort of calc- You're making constant corrections right uh has anyone here ever tried to kind of like walk across a a balance beam any any gymnast out there or uh, let's just be honest here uh some of you i see the smirk has a cop ever pulled you over Right, and and ask you to walk that white. Come on, this is confessions. It's not just me. And ask you to sort of, if you're doing this, and the cop pulls you, you got problems. Okay, so just might as well go in the back seat. But anyways, similarly, in order to stay financially balanced. You need to make constant corrections, constant adjustments and calculations and modifications in order to stay financially above water, in order to not go, you know, upside down. In fact, there's this passage from the book of Proverbs, the, the wisdom book, right? And it puts it this way, page 460 in your Bibles, if you turn with me there. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 23 says this, be sure you know the condition of your flocks now i just want to stop there for a second and say this this was an agrarian culture okay uh, flocks was our modern day form of stocks okay that's what you live by that was like your income a shepherd had to know what the she, uh, what the condition of his sheep were okay be sure you know the condition of your flocks Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. In other words, if you want to maintain financial balance or or security, you had best be in the practice of knowing the condition of your flocks, or modern day translation, right, stocks. You had better be in the habit of knowing the condition of your finances, your income. You need to give careful attention to them, says this Proverbs. Know how much you have. Know how much you owe. Know what is going on and make your constant corrections and modifications to remain financially balanced. Otherwise, otherwise, you are going to wind up completely up. Side down You know, I just want to go live here for a second Pastor Tim was kind of sharing there uh, For me and Erica, I have to admit we, we actually didn't know the condition of our flocks We don't, we don't have stocks, but we, we didn't know the condition of our flock. I wasn't doing the best job of paying attention, right? Uh, for me, I grew up in a home where, you know Making car payments was actually a way of life You know, shuffling around the credit cards for the best APR, you know, student loans. That was a normal thing. In fact, for a long time, Erica and I, my wife and I, we lived in the land of ish. You know where that is? Ish. It's like, uh, how much do we owe on MasterCard again? Oh, a thousand-ish, right? Or how much do we owe on Amex? Or how much did this cost? Oh, this-ish, you know, a hundred-ish, something like that, right? And nine years of marriage and three kids later we found ourselves, just being totally honest here, we found ourselves $21,000 in debt. And, and, and that's, that's just the way that things panned out for us. Maybe for you it's actually different. I, I, I don't know. There are actually tons of ways to be financially unbalanced, right? For some of you, it might be really, really easy to spend, but it's like the hardest thing to save. For others of you, you are great savers, but it's at the same time so impossible for you to be generous. Uh, for for some of you, you are um, like you're like these great planners, right? Like you you assume health, you assume raises, you assume promotions. But on the other hand, you're like terrible at like forecasting like, you know, surprises and disasters and, and accounting for them, right? You, you never account for those sort of things. In other words, being out of balance can look different for all sorts of people. And, and So you know what? There's, there's really no room for judgment, right? But I know, I, I get this, I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're like, why on earth are we talking so much about money in church? I mean, I I came here today, I wanted something more spiritual, right? Well, here's the deal, okay? Uh, Even the quickest read of the New Testament, uh, you will discover, it shows us that Jesus said more about the topic of money than he did about heaven, hell and salvation combined yeah now now why is that answer because it's hard to remain financially unbalanced yet stay spiritually balanced at the same time well some of you are still like no way come on still God and money just shouldn't be, they shouldn't be in the same, you shouldn't be talking, don't do that, don't even go there, don't mix those two up, only chances are, check this out, chances are, you've probably already mixed up the two yourselves, you've probably put them together, uh, case in point, has anyone here ever prayed anything like, Lord, oh Lord, please let me sell the house, All right? Or oh my gosh, I need that promotion. I just so need it. I just God, please, I need it. Or oh oh Lord, please 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 let me get that job. I really need that. Folks, if you've done any of these sorts of things, you've already crossed the line, right? And you know what? That's okay. That is okay because you know something. The Bible, it the Bible explicitly links our financial health with our spiritual balance now now before you go this is not a health and wealth message okay in in fact one verse that sort of summarizes jesus's teaching so well on money was actually one of the first things that jesus said about money and it's found in the gospel of matthew check this out jesus says this matthew chapter 6 verse 21 for where your treasure is there your what heart will be also in other words if you want to know where my heart is, if you want to know what or who Pastor Tom is devoted to, you know, you want to know what I'm living for? And Don't listen to my words. Look for my checkbook. Jesus says that's actually true about everyone. Wherever your treasure is, your heart actually follows. For instance, have any of you ever been in a relationship where you felt like, you know, you were competing with someone's stuff, right? I mean, sure, you know, he'll say things like, oh, you know, I love you, I cherish you. No, 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 don't touch the car, right? I mean, that, that, that happens all the time, right? You know what I'm saying. And so it makes sense. The reason why God wants your stuff is so that he can actually have your heart. He wants your heart. I mean, think about it. God does not need your stuff, right? He wants your heart. He he doesn't want something from you. He wants you. And, and as a matter of fact, as far as I can tell, there's not a single passage in the Bible where Jesus ever asks for money. I'm sure He, he talks about money. And he, and he shows us and he teaches us how to handle money, but Jesus actually never asks for it. In other words, Jesus isn't out to get your money. No, no, no. Instead, he doesn't want your money to get you. See, Jesus, Jesus doesn't want he, he doesn't want to have your stuff. He just doesn't want your stuff to have you. For where your treasure is. There, your heart will be also. And and folks, I gotta be completely honest here. This is one of those things that Erica and I we thought we had this down. I mean, we, were, we love Jesus. How about you? You know, you know, we love Jesus. Yes, we do. You know, like, of course Jesus was number one in our hearts. Of course Jesus has our hearts. Of course we're not tied down to our stuff. Again, it wasn't like we were going like nuts with, you know, luxury cars and cruises. no, no. no. We were just going day by day you know with the, with normal stuff like like groceries and child care and diapers on top of you know the regular car payments and and student loans and the mortgage nothing fancy here at all right and so, yeah, I mean, I admit on, on, on certain months, you know, when that extra, do, you know, that extra doctor's bill appears or, or you get a flat tire or whatever, yeah, sure, may, maybe, maybe one of the ways that, that I thought would be a quick fix and, and keep us financially afloat was the credit card, right? And so that was like a sort of a quick answer, right? But the problem was life just kept on happening. Uh, bills just kept on coming and and the way of staying balanced you know moving things from credit card to lowest balance transfer rate that sort of stuff Uh, slowly but surely over the years we started actually sinking until we wound up again upside down and you know i actually didn't even notice any of this It didn't actually occur to me until it impacted our ability not our desire or willingness But our ability to be generous to others In fact, I remember this 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 one moment thinking to myself, you know what? I'm making more money today Than I was 10 years ago So then why does it actually feel like i'm giving away less? I mean, this, this can't be how God wants me to be living, right? Or, or how about this? How many times have you been in church or maybe at the office, you know, you're talking with your coworkers, and you hear something about a disaster or, or someone in need, right, like the earthquakes in, in Haiti or, or a friend who's about to lose a job, and your heart, your heart is saying, in fact, you might actually be hearing God himself actually whispering to you, give, give, give. But then you have Visa and MasterCard over here saying, pay, pay, pay. Right? And guess who wins in that situation? Your Master Card, y- your, your mortgage company. Amex. They're the ones that actually win because whether you, whether you realize it or not, they've become slowly but surely your priority. And the thing is, they don't even know your name. You're just like this, you're just like this account number. You're just like this, this set of numbers on a spreadsheet. Meanwhile, there is a God over here who loves you and, and who created you. There's a God who actually, he spares nothing for your absolute best. And it's like he's saying to you, look, I don't want your stuff. I'm God. I can't even fit inside your stuff. I don't need your things it is your heart it's your heart that I'm after so come on over here let me teach you how to manage your treasures and in doing so let's see if your heart let's see if your life doesn't change for the better as well you know something guys seriously as your pastor I just have to say this I want this so badly for every single one of you just, even more than that, god wants this so badly for all of you in fact hands down the best resource i know of other than the bible that provides you with real life practical tools is this life class that we offer designed by new york times best-selling author dave ramsey right it's called financial peace university and it's in this class where you are taught biblical principles of actually how to handle money it is a total game changer but you know something i don't want you to just take my word for it listen now to some folks that have already benefited from taking this class
1: We've gotten intense about it, and, and on an average income, in one year's time, we have been able to pay off over $30,000.
0: I was able to pay off about $22,000 worth of debt. Right now, we have
1: paid everything off except for our house. I only have about $1,000 left on my car. I'll be through paying for my car this uh, this summer. We were $55,000 in debt when we started, and we've managed to pay off $15,000 in debt. We're debt-free! We're, We're debt-free! Debt free. I'm debt-free! I'm debt-free! I am debt-free! Yeah. We're debt-free! We're debt-free! Dead dead free. Free. We are so debt-free! In two weeks, we'll, we'll be, be debt-free! Free. Living life without debt is absolutely unbelievable.
0: Unbelievable. Now, folks, I want to share with you a little secret here. Uh, my wife, Erica, and I... We're TED-free too! Woo-hoo! Thank you, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Seriously, guys, I am not kidding you. As I said earlier, okay, less than a year, seriously, less than a year ago, even as I'm saying this, I'm kind of mind-boggled here. Less than a year ago, Eric and I were over $21,000 in debt. And after taking Financial Peace University and learning, actually, because I had never been taught this before. Learning how to make good and biblical constant corrections, modifications, adjustments. Ten months later, we are now completely out of debt. No car payments, no, no, no credit card debt, no loans, nothing. For the first time in nine years of marriage, Eric and I are actually in the black. Not only that, but I feel like we, we've not only changed our financial outlook, but I feel like we've changed our family tree. And and the best of all, here's the deal, Erica and I are now giving more than we ever have, period. I mean, it is absolutely incredible. You see, FPU, it teaches you. This class teaches you things like, you know, how to write and and actually stick to a budget, right? It's, It's easy to write a budget, but how to stick to it. It teaches you things like a debt snowball. What is a debt snowball? Which, which you know, debts should I pay off first? The ones with the highest APR or the biggest amount, right? Dollar amount. It teaches you the difference between a debit card versus a credit card. And, and is credit even biblical, right? What about that question? It teaches you how to save for college and retirement, how to invest. And you know something? Here's the deal, folks. Not just on a personal level, but from the perspective of this particular church, since we've run the FPU course here at Liquid, it hasn't even been a year yet. It's been uh, about 10 months or so. We've had over 200 people complete the course and over $500,000 in debt reduction and increased savings. Half a million dollars, folks. I mean, you talk about, yeah, Awesome. You talk about a life change. I mean, I, I, I don't even know what else to say. You know, you, you, just, you just have to go to our website today and sign up for the class. It begins on March 21st. That's next month. Don't miss out on getting the right tools for staying financially balanced. It is that important, folks. <laughs> That's why we actually spend 13 weeks on it in that course. I mean, right now, I'm just taking one message to talk about money. Right, Whereas Jesus actually, that was one of the topics that he talked about the most, more than a lot of other subjects in the New Testament. By spring, folks, by spring, you could be financially balanced. Now, now here's the thing. There's actually a, a second law of balance, which is this. You need to keep a fixed perspective, a fixed reference point whenever you want to keep something balanced you need to focus on it one thing here you know it, it, it's like when you ever watch those uh college football games or basketball games and you know they got these cheerleaders and they're throwing everyone up there that that cheerleader on the top of the pyramid she is taught she's like up there like this a lot prettier than me. She she is taught to like focus on that one thing, have that one fixed reference point. No matter what is going on underneath you in order not to topple down, you need to focus on that one precise fixed reference point. Folks, we all need a fixed reference point, a true north if we're going to f- keep financially Balance In order not to topple over and so let me show you a simple very simple biblical plan That will keep you from ever collapsing or toppling over. I want you to think of it this way Here are the basic ways that we can use money All right, just look at this chart right over here, right? Uh, First thing what we do whenever we have money is we spend it right? That's what we tend to do, right? We spend it. Uh, and then, you know, we're told, okay, you know, you got to pay your debt. Of course, Uncle Sam gets his cut, right? And then if, if you're like really like savvy, like you're saving a little bit too. And then if you have something left over, right, or an emergency happens or something, then, then you might give, right? We tend to spend, pay debt, pay taxes, save and then give that that pretty much that that's pretty much how most of us use our money now I want you to think of it this way as well uh, when you spend who's that for me right when you pay debt who's that for me uh, when you pay taxes that's like for America so I'll just say we okay uh, when you save, that's ultimately for me and when you give well I guess that's God and others so let me just see here. We got me, me, we, me, God, and others. Or I want you to think about it like this. Uh, we, we spend, right, and this is, this is, a, this is a habit. Right? Our habits tell us to spend it, right? Uh as far as paying debt, this is we usually pay debt because of a system, right? We have an advanced credit card system. It's pretty elaborate. We have a credit card system that tells us to pay debt. We have an, an even more elaborate government system that tells us to pay taxes, right? Uh some of you, you were lucky enough, you had granddaddy or daddy teach you, you know what, son, you know what, daughter, you need to save a little bit too. That too is a system if you were lucky and right here this one give well that's sort of random right that's 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 sort of leftovers maybe if i have enough maybe then i'll give a little bit right maybe then i'll give something it's my leftovers completely random we have a habit we have a system a system a system and this is completely random and this is pretty normal right this is wouldn't you say i mean this is how most of us spend or or use our money but let me ask you here when things get extremely tough right when, when things get really hard a crisis happens or something happens where do we actually go right we go we go straight we, we go straight to number five we go to god first right when something bad happens number five somehow becomes our number 1. Right? When something bad happens, number 5, the thing that we was at the bottom of our list, all of a sudden we're praying to God, "Oh Lord, help me out." It becomes number 1. So let me just say something here, okay? Let me just say this. The way we prioritize our finances, right? This is this is actually your list of priorities. The way that we prioritize, the way that we order things represents either an open-door system or a closed-door system to God. The way that we prioritize things represents either open-door or a closed-door to God. Now, here's the question. Folks, what does this represent? This is a closed-door system, exactly. This order of things, it actually shuts God out. And So what I want to do here in our remaining time is I want to share with you two passages that illustrate what an open door system looks like What it would mean what it would look like to actually invite god Into our world of finances. I'm going to read from the last book of the old testament You can just listen to this and and as you're listening, you don't have to even turn there As you're listening. I'm going to ask you to listen for a fixed reference point in the passage okay because because this this actually this passage that i'm about to read it actually addresses the people who were already giving and, and so you don't have to feel guilty i mean this it's not like these people weren't giving but what this passage is talking about is priorities a true north what is supposed to be our fixed reference point so that we don't topple over Check this out. Malachi chapter 3 verse 7 says this, Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? In other words, God, what have we done so wrong? What have we done so wrong that we need to return? And how is it, by the way, that we're even supposed to return to you? Okay? Verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. What? How can I rob God? How is that even possible? But you ask, it continues. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. See, folks, I just want to pause here for a second and say this. Giving for these people no longer was a priority. Taking and consuming and spending was, but giving became their last one. This was their list right here, okay? They were totally upside down. Verse 9, you are under a curse. He's speaking to Israel. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe. That's just a fancy Hebrew word that means top 10%. The first 10% of whatever it is that you make, whatever it is that you grow, whatever it is that you raise. Bring in the whole tithe. Don't cheat me now. Don't rob me. Don't steal from me. Bring in the whole 10% into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me. He's talking about number five right here. He's talking about test me. Give Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. See, See, folks, remember now, your heart follows your money. Your heart follows your money, and God knows this. And so God says, yeah, yeah, you, you know what? I, I'm sorry, but I just, I just, I can't stand to be number five anymore. I, I, I'm God. Can I say that? I, I can't stand to be, no, I, I'm God. I need to be at number one right now. That, that's what God is saying. Uh, and it, what's funny is, as a matter of fact, 400 years later, In the first book of the New Testament, Jesus actually says the same exact thing. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 says this. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You see, folks, there can only be one number one. And God says, I don't want to be number five anymore on your list. I need to be number one. And, and so now watch how Jesus actually ends. He, he, he's he's, he's going to end this passage. He's still talking about reference point. What is my true north? What do I have to keep my eyes focused on? Uh, what is at the top? Of your list. What's going to be at the top. Verse 31. So do not worry saying. What shall we eat or what shall we drink. Or or, what shall we wear for the pagans. In other words. People that don't even believe in God. Or don't even know God. This is the same list. For, for, For the pagans. Run after all. These things. Yet your heavenly father. Knows that you need them. But seek first, not fifth, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Folks, are you catching this? I really don't want you to miss this one. Okay? Understand that what Jesus is saying here is the same exact thing that we saw back in malachi in other words think of it this way one of the last promises that we saw in the old testament and one of the first promises that we see in the new testament they are the same exact thing it's amazing that is what is their point that if you flip this list if you, if you take this list and you, and you sort of flip it, okay, right side up, everything else will fall into place. That's, that's, that's the last promise and that's the first promise. Again, don't want you to miss this, It'll kind of be very complicated here. If you take this list and you actually flip it like this, you will put yourself in a much better situation okay in, in other words uh, if if you give to god first right and if you if you save a little bit and, and then you pay your taxes, pay your taxes and pay and spend you will put yourself in a much better position over here if you make god your number 1 priority everything else will fall into place as a matter of fact i want you to think of it like this if Think of it this way, if you do this correctly, right, if you, if you give to God first, you make that your number one priority, okay, you give, and then, and then you save, right, and you spend a, a percentage, say so you give your first 10%, you give that to God, and then another 10 to 15%, whatever you want, maybe even more, uh, you want to save that, what happens to this? If you give and if you save, what happens to number three? This actually goes down, isn't that amazing? If you give and you save first, this number actually goes down. In other words, I need you to think about it like this: even the government recognizes higher priorities. Obama recognizes higher priorities. Sorry, just had to throw that in there, okay? That's amazing! Higher priorities, if you give and if you save first, your taxes actually go down. I want to break it down for you. I can even break it down even more simply, and that is this way right here. Give, save, live. Give, save, live. In other words, you give to God, okay? You give to God that first 10%. You make Him your number one priority, you give, you don't cheat God. You stop stealing from God. You stop robbing God. You make that your number one priority. God is your number one. And then you, you save, you know, you save your 10 to 15%. Some of you, maybe it's a little bit more, whatever it is. If you save, if you give to God first, make that your number one priority, and then you save another 10 to 15%, you can live on the rest. This is amazing. Give, save, live on the rest. This... <laughs> It's just, it doesn't get more simple. And here's the deal, folks. Just like with FPU, we've made it super easy for everyone here to be able to apply this particular law of financial balance. You know, finding the correct reference point, having that fixed focus, that number one priority, that number one top of the list, God. We've made it super easy to have that, uh, and we want to make that available for you starting today. Check this
1: out. Hello, class. Today, we are going to follow the story of Sally. See Sally as she comes to Liquid Church on Sunday. Today, silly Sally became sad Sally because she forgot her offering at home. Poor sad Sally. What is she going to do? Fortunately, Sally, we here at Liquid Church have a solution for you. In these seven sensationally simple steps, you'll find a solution to becoming Savvy Sally. Step one, go home. That's right, Sally. You can solve this problem from the comfort of your own home. Step two, log on to Liquid Church's newfangled internet website site. Step three, when you arrive at this internet site, you'll need to select which campus you are a part of. On the next page of the World Wide Web, you will see a link that says, Give Online. You're almost there. Click it. Step 5. You'll notice on this page information about many different ways to give to Liquid Church, including giving through that PayPal service or getting offering envelopes. Liquid Church is sure making giving simple, easy, and convenient. Direct Deposit allows you to authorize automatic donations to come out of your bank account and be directly deposited into Liquid Church's bank account. It's well. Click on the link that says, click here to download PDF form. You'll need to send that to your printer to print. Step six, take some time to fill out the form. Don't rush it and become sloppy, Sally. Look closely at the information being asked for and fill in each and every line. We'll need your name, address, and information about your banking institution. We'll also need you to attach a voided check to the form when you are done. Step seven, wow, Sally, you are almost done. The last step is to return the form and voided check to Liquid Church. You can either return the form and voided check to Liquid Church through the mail or simply bring it with you next Sunday when you come back for a service. See, Sally, that was super easy. Don't forget to tune in next time when we'll see how Lonely Larry became Life Group Larry in 14 fun steps.
0: All right. You know, folks, you know what direct deposit really is? Direct deposit is just a secular term that means giving to God first It's a way of actually giving to God first It's the method that I use not just because it's super convenient and it is But it's actually a way of automating our heart to honor God first That's actually what it does It automates our heart to honor him Make sure that he's at the top of our list It's a way of keeping the door to your financial world open to God By making him number one. That's why we've actually made it available on our homepage, on our website. You can just go to liquidchurch.com and sign right up. But you know what? I actually heard something really interesting this past week. Did you know that church attendance across America right now is actually up? But giving, it's down. That is, more people... are are going to church right now than ever before but giving tithes and offerings is actually less in other words at a time when so many of us are upside down financially we're still not shy about asking God to bail us out. Even though we have no intentions of doing things, trying things God way. But the scriptures, if the scriptures are actually correct, God is like patiently there saying, you know what? Okay, I'm still up for getting involved with you. I still want to help you out. But you know something? You are going to have to flip your list. Your list is going to have to look like this. You're going to have to give it a, give it a try my way. Put me first. It's like this conversation I had with someone just last week. It was right before the 11 o'clock. And, you know, we were talking about something completely different. It was a different part of his spiritual journey. It wasn't about finances. It was something totally different. And we're just kind of talking. And you know, he goes to me, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. I've tried it my way for over 50 years. And it hasn't done me any good. It obviously hasn't worked. So I may as well try it God's way for once because it can't get much worse, right? That's actually what he said. Now, you know what? Call me crazy, but I'll take that. I will take that. More importantly, I think God actually honors that kind of a heart. I think God actually honors that kind of mustard seed sized faith. And so if for no other reason then you've tried it your way long enough, and now you're willing to and ready to give it God's way, to give God's way a shot. If you want to stop robbing God, and consequently also stop robbing yourself like I did for so many years, then would you be willing to take those two small baby steps? Would you be willing to enroll in FPU? to learn and apply some biblical principles of finances, uh, to to acquire those tools. I mean, laptops are waiting for you outside in the lobby right now. And would you be willing to set up a direct deposit to automate your heart? It is the most practical way to flip your list and make sure that you have God first. Because, folks, scriptures tell you, if you do, I promise you. No, 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 no. God promises you that he will bring you back into financial balance. Amen? Amen. Let's pray, folks. Let's pray. Father, you know, all this stuff is so much easier to talk about than to do. So, Lord, I just, please, I just pray that you please give us wisdom and courage to put into practice what we've just heard. Give us, a, give us actually a hatred for debt. Give us a hatred for a me, me, me mentality that only enslaves us. And instead, fill us up with the hope and faith in you to know that you are trustworthy and good. And help us, help this to not just be an end of a message about your view on finances, but God, I pray that this would be the beginning of a new hope, peace, and balance for the sake of your name and your kingdom and our benefit. In
1: Jesus' name we pray. Amen.